So I hope y'all are ready for more shitty cliched romance because that is what is on the table for today. Getting Lucky number seven by Sydney Madsen follows Lila, who is the stereotypical nerd girl, and she's decided that she's done with being a nerd and creates a bucket list of things to do to change up her college experience. And to do this and complete this bucket list, she enlists the help of her best friend, Beck, who is a hockey player and a giant man whore. And because of this, he has a ton of experience in things like partying and drinking and meaningless hookups. And so she knows that he'll be able to help her with completing the list. And obviously, in helping her complete the list, there is some romance that blossoms between the two of them. And now... This book is not necessarily good by traditional standards, but it's funny and romantic and entertaining, and so we love it. And, like, it's a good escape, and it's, like, good by shitty romance standards, you know? Like, it's not, like, terrible, but it's not good. But if you're looking for a cliched, troped-up romance that, like, you can read in one sitting and it's kind of cute, this is it. And this booktuber that I like, Catherine Cassidy, has these series of recommendations of, like, romance books, and this was one of the romance books she recommended in one of the three videos that she did on romance recommendations. So, I didn't stumble across this. It was recommended. Anyways. Books, TV, music, and movies. All things that make big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. So, as always with the book, we're going to start with a little bit on the writing. And now, the writing is fine. It's not great, but this isn't a book where we expect the writing to be great. So, it's fine. And we do get both Lila and Beck's point of views, which is kind of nice. And, yeah, the writing is, like, it's typical of trash romance writing. So, there is that. Now... We're going to move on to talk about the plot, and starting off with the first triple date where Lila gets called fugly, which is kind of a big oof, and like, what I don't understand is why would they do the triple date at Lila and her roommate's apartment, because then if the, like, date is really weird, you can't leave, because your date is at your apartment, and like, it kind of sucks and so like I felt really bad for her in the moment because she didn't want to be on that date and she couldn't very well leave and like seek shelter in her room but then you know it causes her to go to Beck's room or apartment and Beck like she knows Beck is gonna be with somebody yet she goes anyways and Beck leaves sex for her so like man's totally likes her at the start even though he doesn't know it and he's like oh I can't leave her like alone like it's Lila but he's like no I love her like in his heart he's like no I love her I have to help her and stuff anyways then 
they plan the bucket list and it's kind of really really stupid but we're also kind of here for it like okay the whole premise of this book I wouldn't be surprised if they said it was pulled from like a Wattpad story because the whole list to change me trope is totally a Wattpad thing and so the fact that it's in like a real published book like okay I guess I don't know and then once they make the list, they go shopping, which like I hate in this shopping trip that Lila is trying to figure out what guys like, like dress for you, not for guys. Like, didn't anybody ever teach you that? You dress for yourself. And so she could have been like, what do you think will make me look good? Not what do you think guys will like me in? Like, no, we don't like that. And then Beck leaves her at the mall which like leaves her without a ride like that is just plain rude Beck but I totally called the fact when he was like oh it's like the only other girl that could drag me to a mall I was like he is a little sister and then obviously he is a little sister and she got arrested which was kind of really funny and then like Beck and his sister are really cute when he finally gets to her and like I totally would have supported had Beck let his little sister move in with him. It would have been a blast. Or, if you wanted to follow more standard Wattpad tropes, let Beck's little sister move in with Lila because that's totally something that would happen in a Wattpad book. And I was very surprised it didn't happen in this book. But, anyways, I digress. Then... When we see Lila, after having bought all of her clothes, she dyes her hair, which I totally support dyeing your hair to, like, change up your look and give yourself a fresh start. And I'm so jealous because I really, really want to dye my hair, but I don't have the opportunity to right now. And, like, I miss dyeing my hair. I used to, like, yeah. She dyed her hair, and I was like, look, I fully support this, but I'm also very, very jealous. And then we also see, as Beck goes back to get Megan out of jail and stuff, that he is the heir to a massive company and is expected to take it over, which just obviously he is, right? Because the best friend, love interest, you know, athlete who's a major slut is always the heir to a major company, but always has a strained relationship with his parents and, you know, is expected to take over the company, but also could be a pro athlete if they would just let him, but they won't let him because his life is so hard. Ay, ay, ay. Um, yeah. And then, like, this whole nerd changes her hair and takes off her sweater and she's the hottest girl in the room thing is so annoying and I kind of really hate it because it's like, I don't even know. Like, I understand, right? Like, sometimes people don't really realize like they could be dressing differently and like they'd be really attractive by standard by like traditional standards but it's like why don't you just see that they're attractive the way they want to dress like why do you have to like it just it's a mess and I kind of hate it but I'm here for Beck's reaction to seeing Lila and it's so obvious that he loves her but he won't just admit it and he's like so attracted to her but he's like I can't be attracted to her like this is Lila we're talking about what are you doing anyways 
And then they go to the party. And I hate the freaking practice flirting between Beck and Lila. It's so cringy. And then, like, Beck sends Jeff over to her, which is kind of weird because Beck totally likes Lila. But I have to say, good on Lila for not accepting the drink until she knew it came from Beck. Which, even then, maybe don't accept the drink because you don't know what Jeff did to it. But at least she doesn't just accept the drink from Jeff. She does actually look for some confirmation that it came from Beck, which is a good thing. We appreciate that. And then the dancing where Beck and Lila keep like brushing up against each other and it's all teasy. And then, of course, Lila gets super drunk and Beck has to take her home. And sadly, they didn't wake up in the same bed. Beck was a gentleman and slept on the ground. But again, I was robbed of my whole scene where she wakes up and she's like half asleep still and she's like, oh my god, my pillow smells really good so I'm going to snuggle into my pillow. Holy shit, why is my pillow so hard? Holy shit, my pillow is Beck's chest. What are we doing sleeping in the same bed? I don't remember if any of last night because I was drunk. Like, we didn't get that scene. And I don't know why I keep reading these books without that scene, but I want that scene. It's such a standard Wattpad tropey scene. Why is it not in this book? Anyways, and then we see Lila completely failing to make out with Library Guy, which was so awkward, but I was also very happy that she failed to make out with Library Guy because I didn't want her making out with Library Guy. And also, I don't know how she keeps her hair up by a pen or pencil all the time, but she needs to invest in some hair ties because, like, why? I feel like it wouldn't be that sturdy to just stick a pen through your bun and, like, call it a day. Like, invest in hair ties. They work wonders. Trust me. Um, and then Lila and Jeff just, like, I hated this, especially because Jeff asked Beck if he and Lila were dating because he obviously sees that Beck likes Jeff, not Jeff, Beck likes Jeff. Plot twist, Beck and Jeff are the actual couple in this book. no. Jeff obviously sees that Beck likes Lila and Lila likes Beck, yet he goes after her anyways. And so I was very happy that their date was terrible and the kissing was terrible because, yeah, we just, we don't like Lila and Jeff. It's not a thing. And then karaoke, which like, of course there's karaoke. Every good romance has karaoke in it. And then... When Lila and Beck are doing karaoke and she dances around and uses Beck as a stripper pole, which, like, okay? Like, I don't really know how that works very well, but okay. Um, and we do love, as they're sitting in the booth in this karaoke bar, that Beck opens up about, like, his family and stuff and kisses her cheek. Like, that was really cute. But, like, the rest of the scene was, like, eh. I don't know. And then we see Lila dancing on a bar, which I don't know why dancing on a bar is on her bucket list, but okay. And then I was kind of mad that she did this without Beck, but I love that Beck got mad that she did this without her and stuff. And then he sent her cat pictures, which was very cute. We loved that. That was adorable and amazing and brilliant, and we loved it. And then, back seeing list item number seven. 
which of course mind-blowing sex is list item number seven and also like it was not lost on me that Lila said that her lucky number was seven and Beck's jersey number is number seven so yeah and then like the conversation afterwards is so awkward but like we kind of appreciate conversations and open communication but it's so awkward like I I, it was it was like both good and also like oh my god why are we having this conversation type of thing and then they go to dinner and the Bruins game and that was really really cute and then we get to the hot tub scene which like of course the hot tub leads to sex and the smut was fine but also like in Catherine Cassidy's book recommendations she said it was gonna be steamy and it was not that steamy you know like it was fine there was smut but it like Maybe I've just read too much E.L. James and that anything that doesn't have, like, sex every chapter is, like, not steamy. I don't know. It's just, like, there was smut, but it wasn't, like, steamy, steamy, you know? It was, like, a couple scenes here and there. Anyways, I digress. We are moving on um, to the hockey party. And Beck tells Jeff that Lila has a boyfriend, which, like, possessive much also perfect time to be like, hey, by the way, Lila, I want to be your boyfriend. But no, obviously that doesn't happen. And Lila is like spending this whole time at the party completely freaking out about wanting more from Beck. And then Monica confronts Beck, which was kind of completely unnecessary. But also, I guess we love that she wasn't just like a throwaway character at the beginning. I don't know. And then they play beer pong and you play an all drink is my kind of beer pong, to be honest. So I appreciated that Beck did that for Lila. And of course, it gets him nice and drunk. And so we see Lila escorting a drunk Beck home, which was kind of really, really cute. And then like laughing in the parking lot as Beck trips and stuff like that was really adorable. I did love that scene. And then Lila goes home with Beck, which is kind of tropey but also we love it and also his aunt being skeptical of her and like Lila like his aunt thinking Lila is a gold digger again kind of tropey and I hated it I wasn't gonna say I love it because I hated that his aunt was all like oh you don't know her she could be like just looking to take all your money or whatever like no fuck her and then them playing street hockey was kind of cute and I love it and, like, I loved that scene, and it was so adorable where they were just running around and stuff, and, like, Lila was trying to check Beck, and he was like, uh, are you doing something? Like, no, it was just, it was very cute. And then learning that Beck has a fucking sister, which, like, I was kind of shook, but also it made sense that there was an affair child. And I felt bad for Beck and that it was like this bomb dropped on him, but I kind of loved it. But also we never really further explored the relationship with the sister. Like we didn't see Beck and Megan meeting this new sister and stuff. It was just like, oh my God, you have a sister. That's the end of it. 
So I kind of hated that we never explored it. And then I love that as Beck was finding out that they have a sister, Lila and Megan were bonding and they were super cute as friends and I kind of loved them together. And I do know that the author wrote spinoffs, like, okay, not spinoffs, but the book, the um, Getting Lucky Number 7, is technically the first in a series, but each series is a standalone book. And I do know that one of the books follows Megan and one of the boys on Beck's hockey team. And so I'm hoping that in that book, Lila shows back up and Megan texts Lila freaking out about the fact that like one of the guys on the hockey team is interested in her or whatever, right? Like I hope that that's a thing if I read that book. Anyways, going back to this and the plot um from the bottom of my heart fuck you beck for breaking up with lila like what the actual fuck i kind of hated that because it was so unnecessary and came out of nowhere and didn't need to be a thing and i hated it so freaking much and like we loved megan for yelling at him because beck was being a fucking idiot in that scene and i hated it and then like, we just go back, and, like, life continues on, and they're just avoiding each other, and yes, we love that Beck wins regionals, and that he talks to a Bruin scout, which is amazing, and we love that his dreams are coming true, but also, he's being a fucking idiot, and so we hated it, but then we see the party, and they make up, and the karaoke and apology was kind of cute, but, like, I don't know. It wasn't, like, I wasn't, like, swooning over it, especially because a lot of the apology came over text, and I was like, you don't get to text an apology and then just sing a song and it's all okay, but, like, the grand gesture was very relevant to their relationship, and so I love that they did something that was, like, their thing, and, like, that's how he apologized, and it wasn't just, like, you know, an apology over text and suddenly they're back together type of thing. Anyways, and then... They won championships, which, like, I was very proud of them for winning championships. That was amazing. I kind of hated that that's where it ended because I wanted more cute Beck and Lila moments. But we do love that they won championships. That was amazing. And so, to wrap up, in all honesty, it was a pretty cute book. Like, very typical of romance, but it's okay because we love some shitty romance. And I am a sucker and it's a very fun, quick escape read, and so if you need, like, a rebound book or just, like, two hours of doing nothing, like, this is the book for you, and so, yeah, I have been Maya Ghosh, and this has been my take on Getting Lucky Number 7 by Cindy Madsen. Thanks for listening. So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um by me i do all of my own social media the only person i really have to thank is one of my great friends paris who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now so thank you paris and thank you all for listening you can reach me at underscore my take on twitter and instagram and please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast that helps a ton so yeah thanks for listening